0: Charlie Brown I can tell you
1: what Christmas is all about Fragile
0: it must be Italian look daddy teacher says every time a bell rings an angel gets his wings
2: hey
1: Criswell where do you think
2: you're going to put a tree that big bend over and I'll show you yes you Christmas spirit
0: Merry Christmas Miss (laughs) Colby
2: can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? Merry Christmas. A Chi-Chi train?
1: No, it's five pounds of veal. Tis the season to be merry.
2: I triple dog dare you!
1: Who told you you can eat my cookies? No! Put that cookie down! No! a dance around to bits and comic cupid down a Yeah, I'm excited about it too. They want you to say great. The blessing! you shoot your eye out? You'll shoot your eye out, kid! Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year.
2: Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless us.
0: God bless us, everyone.
1: Not
2: bad,
0: huh? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Cosmic Potato Christmas Party, or Cosmic Potato... Christmas spectacular or Christmas extravaganza, whatever you want to call it. But uh my name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is John Irons, also known as the reindeer whisperer. John, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. I I, I didn't know I was a reindeer whisperer, but you know what? <laughs> I have hidden talents even for myself sometimes.
0: So yeah, I'll take it. Hey. I've got all kinds of different uh uh names for you (laughs) in shows to come yeah i get that a lot (laughs) and uh also joining with joining us for the first time is our new friend uh anthony anthony thanks for joining us today so um how are you doing tonight
2: hey thanks for having me Uh, i'm doing great thanks for having me guys
0: why don't you tell tell us a little bit about where you're from and what you do
2: Uh, So I am actually from Maryland, pretty much northern Maryland. We kind of call it southern Pennsylvania because I'm kind of right on the Mason-Dixon line. And I am a videographer, and mostly I do weddings, but we have some pretty exciting news where I'm working with a group of people, and we actually have a documentary coming up. Uh, We were actually working on our Kickstarter today, so hopefully that will be kind of a little tease, something we can talk about maybe later on this podcast at a later date.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, Anthony, uh, do me a favor and turn your mic down a little bit more. You're kind of distorted just a little bit. When the volume gets up high if you uh when your voice goes up, sometimes it'll distort the the audio if if the mic's turned up too too high. All
2: right. Check.
0: Nah, that's a little bit too that's too low. Too low? Yeah, that's too low.
2: You're gonna cut this out, right?
0: Yo, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna edit it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, it all stays in.
2: <laughs> oh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds a lot better. Okay, so so today's our uh, Christmas episode, also our big uh, year ender. So we've been doing this show since August, and uh, we've been around for a few months and. Wanted to do one last episode this year and take time to, uh, thank everybody who's been downloading our, uh, show and sticking us, stick, sticking with us <laughs> while we get our, uh, while we get our feet wet, <laughs> while we get our feet wet doing this podcasting stuff. And, uh, and, uh, today we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies, uh, specials, TV episodes, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny Fracking K.
2: Oh, I was wondering if you were going to say it.
0: Oh, no. PG. <laughs> PG.
2: Yeah, we don't want the explicit tag on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first we're going to play a little game that I came up with and I, I, I hope it works out. <laughs> it's, sometimes my games are a hit and sometimes they're kind of, uh, not, but, but, uh, this one's called, uh, Christmas Quotes and it's real simple. I'm going to give a quote to you two guys and um, you have to tell me what movie or TV special or TV show that it's from you get a you get a, a half a point if you can tell me what movie it's from you get a whole point if you can tell me who said it do we okay. both just jump in or are we Yeah one? you no you just holler, you just all the answer and then right. if you if you name the movie then uh then I'll ask you can you tell me who said it you know and if you tell me who said it you'll get the whole point and I've okay. got ten. I've got ten of them. So, uh, right. so let me. Uh, what? What, John? Were you, were you going to say something? No, no. I was just. Uh, I was just agreeing to your terms. Okay. All right. Well, here's the first one. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he?
1: Uh, I'm gonna guess that's. It's a wonderful life.
0: Okay. That's a half a point. Who said it? Um, the angel. I'll Wasn't take it. Right. I will. Ex- I will accept the angel. <laughs> 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 Otherwise known as Clarence. Clarence Oddbody. Clarence. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So here's the second one. Stay away from those things. They're reindeer. You don't know where they've been. They all look like they've got key lime disease.
2: Mm key lime disease part kind of threw me <laughs> I don't know. I'll
0: give you another couple of seconds if you're stumped I'll go you to have the you another
2: one from that movie
0: no I uh, know I've only got this this one quote you need a
1: character clue or a, or a setting clue
0: uh, setting uh, this, uh, part of the movie takes place at the North pole. <laughs> okay, thank for that <laughs> this for is a, a reindeer. Um, I will tell you that the, the main character, uh, the guy, I'm going to say, go ahead. Santa Claus. It was the Santa Claus. Do you know who said it?
2: Uh, I do not. Okay. I think well, that that actor was the guy who played uh Lebowski in the Big Lebowski, though if that counts.
0: No. Uh that's no uh, it it was actually it was the, the Santa Claus. Tim it was it was Tim Allen. So I'm going well since John said it before I gave the answer, I'm going to have half a point to Anthony and half a point to John. Since he uh Anthony had the movie and John had the person, but it was Tim Allen who played Scott Calvin in that movie. So Okay, the next one is This fog's as thick as peanut butter. Uh,
1: National Lampoons?
0: No. No, I'll give you a hint. This is a kid's special. Peanuts. Peanuts? Nope. No, it was uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and the character was Yukon Cornelius. Oh. Wow. That was I good. watch that every
2: year too. I can't believe I didn't yeah. get that one. He
0: says he says this fog's as thick as peanut butter, and then Hermie says, Don't you mean pea soup? And he says, You eat what you like and I'll eat what I like.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> had you have done it with the accent and all. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm Ooh. not a I'm not an actor. This fog's as thick as peanut butter. <laughs> um Okay, the next one is uh the thing about trains. It doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is deciding to get on. The Polar Express. Yeah, Anthony said it first. Now, do you know who said it, Anthony?
2: Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks animated, <laughs> Tom Hanks animated Hanks.
0: likeness? Tom Hanks played everybody in that movie. So. But I'll let yeah, you I'd have actually, it. I'll let you have it. It was, it was the conductor, but yeah, Tom Hanks did play himself. So I'll, yeah, I'll okay. Uh Okay, here's the, the – this is the fifth one, I believe – Okay, this is extremely important. Will you please tell Santa that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back?
2: Mm.
0: Home Alone? Oh. It, it was Home Alone. Who said it?
1: Uh, the kid.
0: The kid.
2: What's his name? Can I, can I jump in with a name? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, is okay. Mikey?
0: No. Is that a name? No, not Mikey. Kevin. Kevin. I'm going to give Anthony – I'm going to give John the whole point since he knew it was a kid, but I'm going to give Anthony a half a point since he knew the kid's, <laughs> kid's name. So, okay, um, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Die hard. That would be Hans Gruber. I'm going to give you the whole point. I would have accepted either Hans or John McClane because John McClane, technically, he wrote the note that Hans was was reading, but uh, I'm going to uh, give you the whole point. Go
2: yeah, could we just go double or nothing if you can name the dead terrorist that that was from?
0: You know what, if, if you if you know that, I'll give you another half a point. What was the the, the dead terrorist name?
2: I don't... Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't well, know. That, uh, wait, 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 what?
1: Wait. Let me think if
2: I can remember. Let me Because uh, uh, that guy was nope. the brother of the uh, blonde guy with the long hair in the film. Remember him?
0: No, I don't remember yeah. that. I mean, I know the... Yeah. Well,
2: because, yeah, because, like, Bruce Willis killed him, and then he went on a rage, and, like, he wanted to go after McClane. And then uh, Hans, the bad guy, says, like, his name and says, no, 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 calm down, calm down, we'll get him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that now, yeah. But I, yeah, but I can't remember his name. But, um... Oh, well. Okay, we'll go on to the next one. All right, the next one is, you sit on a throne of lies...
2: I had no ooh. idea. Ooh,
0: John, ooh, what'd you say, John? I
1: no, I'm just, you know I just no, I don't know. I okay. know I, I wish it was a Christmas story. No, it's I not. Saying that to Santa, but I know that's not true. But wouldn't that be great? No,
2: that would kind <laughs> of fit though,
0: right? No, the answer is uh, the movie was Elf, and of course the uh, the character was Buddy. He was talking to the guy that was dressed as Santa, and he said, "You sit on a throne of lies." <laughs> you know so and here's when this is this one's actually gonna actually i'm gonna save this one for last because i think it's gonna be the toughest one so the next one is uh i want an official red runner carbine action 200 shot range model air rifle
2: well do you just want to give it to both of us <laughs> yeah i give
0: it to, I'll, yeah. Uh, yeah i'll give you both a point for that one because that was that was an obvious one. yeah okay. yeah all right here's another one let's face it We're we right out, everybody what yeah
2: well for the listeners, I mean, for the, you know, one person who hasn't seen it, you know, no. that would be a Christmas story. That's you'll a Christmas song. Out.
0: Yeah. And I started to make the quote, you'll shoot your eye out. But, you know, I wanted to go for the whole Red Ryder BB gun quote. But the next one is, let's face it. We all know that Christmas is a big commercial racket. It's run by a big Eastern syndicate, you know. Scrooge. No. Hmm. John, do you know? I don't. Okay, that was Lucy from A Charlie Brown Christmas. Or A Peanuts Christmas Special, whichever one you want to call it. All right, here's the last one. This is the one that I think is going to be pretty tough. But if we don't fail sometimes, our successes won't mean anything. You must be strong.
2: Hmm. I'm just going to, because we haven't mentioned it yet, um... Miracle on thirty fourth Street.
0: No, that's a good guess, but that's not it. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Chewbacca from the uh light <laughs> face <Day> special. <laughs> no. Chewbacca, Chewbacca's line from that special was <laughs> But No, the answer <laughs> the answer is uh the movie was the Bells of Saint Mary and the character was Sister Mary Benedict. So Okay, let me let me uh look at your scores here. John had three and a half and Anthony had four, so Anthony wins that game. Well played there. Very, very, very close game. I I, I actually like that. I have to do some more quote games in the future, but Yeah, that was fun. uh, I'm gonna uh we're not gonna do like a big news uh special our section of the show because uh I wanted to stick with our Christmas theme and the only news that I can find. Has to do with Star Wars. <laughs> so everybody yeah. knows, you know, there's, there's a, there's a pretty big movie that's coming out later this week that a lot of people are talking about. I don't know if you guys have heard of Star Wars, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's coming in just a few days. Everybody's getting pretty excited about that. And we're, we're yeah. going to have, yeah. I, I, I plan for our first show in January to be our big Star Wars special where we'll talk about the show and everything. So, uh, I'm assuming all of us will have seen it by then. you have your tickets no i'm not going i'm not going opening weekend i've gotten to the point where i really don't like crowded movie theaters anymore the last time i went to one was when i went to see avengers opening weekend back in 2012 and i i've gotten to where i do not like sitting elbow to elbow with people that i don't know so
2: i'm not sure what's that
0: what'd you say
1: john I'm not sure what showing you plan on attending where you don't think the theater is going to be crowded.
0: Well, I'm I'm planning because I'm off work after uh, the uh, the day before Christmas Eve is the last day that I work for the year, so I'm planning on going to like an 11 o'clock a.m. show sometime that that week where it, it'll yeah, still so there'll still be a lot of people, somewhere. but it won't it won't be right. packed out. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go on a weekend or anything like that. So.
2: I am seeing it on Friday night. I actually wanted to wait a while, like maybe two or three weeks while it was out. And meanwhile, in that time, just completely like shut the internet off, shut my phone off, completely live under a rock so there's no spoilers or anything like that. Um, but they have this thing at a Cinemark Theaters called Cinemark Reserve. And the seats are actually kind of like lazy boy recliners. And you kind of sit up in this balcony section. So because it's kind of... You got a little room to breathe. That's why I went along with it. Otherwise, I'd be waiting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I've kind of got a plan because here, where I live in in Birmingham, we've got a um, an IMAX theater that's got one of those big dome screens. You know, where basically everything just surrounds your entire field of vision. And um, I, yeah, so um, I'm planning to go see the movie at a regular theater first but I want to go back and watch it there. The reason I don't want to go see it first there is because I'm afraid with everything surrounding you that I'll miss something, you know? So, right. so I want to see it on just a regular movie screen first and then, and then probably go and see it at the, uh, at the IMAX theater, you know, a week or so later, it's going to be playing there until February, I believe. So I'll be able to catch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: I'm probably going to see that film. I'm going to guess three times in the theater. Yeah, which I don't really I don't really do that much anymore. But I'm I'm seeing it initially with uh, my coworkers, and that's like late night Friday. And I'm sure I'll see it again with the family, and I'm sure I'll, I'll see it again with just friends who you know would want to see it again. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm, I can see I'm, that. I'm guessing I'm three times.
0: I haven't seen. Well, I take that back. I. I usually don't go to movies more than once while they're in the theaters anymore just because of how expensive they are now and the fact that I've usually got my kids with me and they hate going to see a movie more than once, you know, Whatever, but there's been a couple of times that I'll go see a movie in the theater and I like it so much that when it comes to the dollar theater a couple months later, I'll go see it again and, uh, Star Wars will probably be, I'll probably see it in the theater and then I'll probably go see it in the IMAX and then when it comes to the dollar theater, I'll probably go see it again. So I'll probably see it three oh. times in the theaters. But.
2: Yeah, I plan on watching it at least twice. I saw Jurassic World, uh, I went to the theaters twice and I would have won a third time because I liked it so much.
0: Yeah, I think when Star Trek um, uh, Generations came out, um, I was in high school and I think I saw that movie Four times in theaters because I, I mean I, I'm a I'm a big Star Trek fan so when Star Trek: The Next Generation was going to the big screen I was pretty excited about that. Now the movie going back and watching it now I'm like eh you know it's okay yeah <laughs> but but with seeing it then I was really excited about it you know so uh, I know I've heard Uncle? stories of people going to see the original Star Wars when it came out in '77 going to see it 8 9 times in theaters, you know, the fir- the opening weekend and stuff. So.
1: Go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sure I'll need it, I'll need to see it, you know, I'll I'll need at least two viewings to actually you know hear all the dialogue and catch everything that's going on, you know, cuz you know, I I I'm sure like, you know, I'll miss some stuff because of, you know, fans cheering or Yeah.
2: Whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, when Mark Hamill comes on the screen, you have to shout, oh, my God, it's the guy from Corvette Summer. <laughs>
0: right. No, it's the trickster. It's the trickster. Look. Yeah. I think uh, John and I saw uh, episode one in theaters together at least twice.
2: Oh, twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Did. yeah, I think did. we saw it because we saw it once. We were on a road trip for our um the company we were working for at the time. And then we saw it again when we got home. You know, I think so, I
2: remember you saying that on a previous episode. Yeah,
0: I think we talked about it on the first episode. And then, uh, oh, I got to tell you guys before we get in, we're, we're, we got to get into our main topic. But I laughed out loud this week because I heard somebody refer to J.J. Abrams as Jar Jar Abrams.
2: Mm. <laughs> well, I'm sure know, he didn't,
0: he didn't like that. But
2: <laughs> I'll be really quick on this, but because of The Force Awakens coming out, we've been going back and watching all the old Star Wars movies. And, you know, we went one, two, three, four, five, six instead of, you know, four, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah. Uh, Just because because the order that it's coming out in and I'm watching the prequels and I'm like, huh, directed by George Lucas, directed by George Lucas, directed by George Lucas. And then, you know. Empire and Jedi it's like directed by other people hey they were pretty strong movies
0: hmm yeah
2: so you know I mean when when I heard about J.J. J. Abrams doing it even though I liked the first Star Trek one but the second one I didn't feel it was as strong but you know I'm still giving this one a lot of hope
0: George Lucas has but, a great imagination but George Lucas is not a great writer and he's not a great director. In my opinion, he's got he's got a lot of great ideas, you know, but sometimes when they let him just do whatever he wants to do, you know, he he likes to go back and tweak and he likes to play with stuff. And and it just, you know, the the reason the first Star Wars was so great was because the studio kept him restrained and wouldn't let him do whatever he wanted to do. And then Empire and Jedi, he didn't direct those movies and he didn't. He didn't write the scripts either. He wrote the story that the scripts came from. Mm -hmm. Now, in the prequels, it was all George.
2: Now, I kind of have a theory about the prequels where, you know, when episode one was being made, like everybody probably around him was a yes man because if you said anything else, it would be like, well, I'm not going to make Star Wars and I'm off the project and they would fire you. So I think, you know, a lot of people were kind of going along with a lot of the stuff. Um, even though they may not have agreed with it, just so they can say, you know, I got to make a Star Wars movie, All
1: right?
2: But I, I know we have to move on to the topic, though. But um, I believe it's streaming on Netflix. It's uh, the People vs. George Lucas documentary that you guys should check out if you haven't already.
0: No, I've heard of it, but I've never, I never actually yeah, said in and watched it about that. Actually.
2: Yeah. Watch it after Force Awakens. You don't want to kind of, you know, have a bad taste in your mouth and then <laughs> go see some Star Wars movie when you've, you know, watched an hour and a half movie about how these people hate George Lucas.
0: I did watch a well, documentary I'll, this morning that I'll, uh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry.
1: I was going to say, I'll, I'll say this, uh, one thing about Star Wars before we get on to the Christmas topic. Um, I too have been, uh, rewatching the, the, uh, previous movies and I watched them in, um, release order so four five six one two three and I actually just finished this afternoon watching uh, episode three and I'm like yeah you know you put them out you should start with number four because three is such a bummer.
0: Yeah like, that, it's a it's a it's movies, a downer to, to end right there, that's that's for sure. Like
1: right, could you imagine like that's the ending and then you gotta <laughs> wait ten years or whatever for the next one like no, that would be horrible.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Or whatever see that movie.
0: I did watch a documentary this morning that I wanted to recommend and it doesn't have to do with Star Wars actually it has to do with Star Trek but the name of the movie was uh Chaos on the Bridge and it's on Netflix and it's it's only an hour long but it's a film written and directed by William Shatner and but it's about kind of behind the scenes of how Star Trek the Next Generation was made and what all Gene Roddenberry had to do to get it on the air. And then what all everybody had to do to get Gene Roddenberry out of it, you know, so that they could turn it into a good right. show. <laughs> but because he, um, Je- Gene Roddenberry didn't want there to be any conflict between the main characters, which because he said in the future, there is no conflict between, uh, these, these human characters, but that gets the the writers, that puts the writers in a corner because they don't have any conflict. They can't, it, it affects them being a writer script, you know, so they had to f- make up ways of getting conflict into the story without using the central characters to do it. And that's why when Roddenberry kind of his his health started to fail and he had to kind of step back at the end of season two, that's why season three was so much better because other people were, you know, taking control of the show. But anyway, it's called Chaos on the Bridge. It's a pretty good uh, kind of short documentary. I yeah, think I uh, you guys might like. So, OK, let's move into our main topic. Um, basically, we're just going to we're going to talk about our favorite. I say Christmas movies, but it's not just movies because there's a lot of stuff that we watch at Christmas time that uh, is like TV specials that come on every year. Or just episodes of, every every TV show has a special Christmas episode. Uh, there may be one that you remember from when you were a kid. There may be one that you saw last week that you want to mention. But we're just going to take a, a few. We're going to go around our virtual circle here and, uh, and, and talk about our favorite ones. So, Anthony, since you are our guest tonight, I'm going to let you start. Thank you.
2: All right, so my first one is a TV special. It is from 2009, Prep and Landing. Yeah. You guys heard of this? I have, yeah. Yep. So basically, uh made by Pixar, John Lasseter, the, you know, the guy that's all about Pixar and behind everything is the executive producer uh Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. The voiceover is the main character in this. And basically, it's like if the elves were Seal Team 6 <laughs> and uh they have all these tactical tools and you know, they're like radioing back and forth and they are the ones that set up the houses for Santa to come in and to deliver the presents, so they're like you know coming down the tree on the radio is like no creature stirring you know yeah very kind of a it, it was so fun to kind of have like this like uh seal Team Six sort of military tactical vibe to elves and to bring that to Christmas, and I'd never seen that before, and I just love it. I watch it every year
0: I think there isn't is two of them now, isn't there I think there's another well, there. There's another I, one that they yeah, kind of show back to back. There,
2: is. there uh, is. I I bought the DVD and I believe there's three episodes on it. Although I might be mistaken, there might only be two and just a whole lot of bonus content. But definitely, if you like it, get the DVD. It's definitely worth it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. We watched that. We. I mean, I've got kid, which my kids are teenagers now. My son's 18, but uh, but that is one that we. I at least DVR it and we watch it when we can. You know, it's a but it is it's pretty funny. Don't aren't the walkie talkies like little candy canes or something like that? And
2: they, <laughs> <laughs> they do all kinds of stuff. like Yeah,
0: that. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, John, go ahead with your first choice.
2: Um. Well,
1: a lot of them are pretty obvious. Uh, and so I'll start with one that I mentioned on a previous show: the Halloween show, because it works for both. Yeah, for yeah.
0: yeah. I've got um, it on my D V R right now. We were we we thought about watching it tonight and we ended up watching uh uh a, a Christmas Carol instead.
2: That's a good choice.
0: Yeah.
2: I um, mean, you know, Nightmare Before um, Christmas, not a Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Um, I'm gonna assume that everyone's seen it. So I'm not gonna uh you know, if, if you want, if you want to hear my description, uh replay the Halloween episode. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's I it is Tim Burton at his finest, in my opinion, is one of his one of his best movies, and it perfectly captures the uh, the weird creepiness and the charming humor um, that I think kind of defines
0: uh, a, a Tim Burton film. So that's that's my that's my first pick. And Tim Burton, A, a Nightmare Before Christmas came out. Uh, the was it ninety four? Or ninety, I think it was no, it was ninety three, because um, Batman returns. Uh, yeah, Batman Returns came out in ninety two, and I never could understand why Tim Burton decided to make Batman Returns into a Christmas movie, but now I realize that he just had Christmas on the brain because he was probably really, really into at least developing. A Nightmare Before Christmas, because that stop motion animation takes a long time to do. He didn't just do that in six right. months, you know. So when he was making Batman Returns, he was probably working on Nightmare at the same time, and he wanted the stark kind of contrast between Batman and Batman Returns. So he decided to set it in winter, and, you know, and it just gradually turned into a into a Christmas movie. And now as an adult, I remember that, but then as, as a kid, I was like, "This movie's coming out in July. Why is it a Christmas movie?" <laughs> But but yeah, Nightmare on, Nightmare Before Christmas, and, and I've always really considered that to be more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie, just because of the fact that the character kind of learns the meaning of Christmas, you know, uh, through the story. And uh, so, you know, we it, it it comes on at Halloween, but I've always really considered it to be a a Christmas movie.
2: Do they not play it around Christmas?
0: Oh yeah, they've, they, like I said, I just recorded it it on is. my DVR this week. Yeah, it, it came on this week. ABC family shows everything. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, the, yes. they're the Christmas yeah. station, you know, this time of year, but okay. Well, my first choice and I'm, I kind of sacrificed my first choice because it's not really going to be one that I actually recommend, but I would be remiss if, uh, a podcast that I'm hosting that, um, is a genre fiction podcast. If we didn't at least talk about the star Wars holiday special from
2: 1978, that's one with you.
0: Yeah. We've got to at least, you know, talk about it. John, have you ever seen it? I've seen it. it was okay. A long, it was so long ago. Like, I oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't recommend it because it, I, it's unwatchable. And I know because I watched it this week, you know, for, <laughs> for the show. But, um, the, okay.
2: Maybe you just need to have a few glasses of Christmas cheer and then watch
0: it. That, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But they, they wanted to make a Star Wars show for the holidays because it was the year after the first movie came out. This was before Empire. But at the same time, they wanted to do a standard Christmas special that had musical numbers and, and all that kind of stuff. And so they, they made up this weird story about Chewbacca's family is getting ready for life day, you know. They couldn't call it Christmas because there's no no Christmas in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but um so Chewbacca's on his way home, Han's taking him home and they're getting chased by some imperial ships and they haven't gotten home yet and and um so while they're waiting, they work in all these ways to get these acrobatic routines in and for Jefferson Starship to sing a song and and there's one there's one scene where Chew- Chewbacca's father is in a virtual reality machine, and I think he has a kind of a weird sex fantasy about Diane Carroll. <laughs> you know, where she's wow. si- she, yeah, it again.
2: yeah that, absolutely. And I, Jefferson Starship when they're singing, do you remember the lightsaber microphone that they have? Yeah, that kind of looks like a little yeah. bit, especially when they do that silhouette shot. But the, the
0: the 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 virtual reality part, Diane Carroll is um is singing, and she's. She says something about wanting him to experience her. And he starts doing this weird, he's jumping up and down in his seat and all this. <laughs> it was really weird. And also, B. Arthur is in it. She's evidently, <laughs> evidently, she's the owner and operator of the Moss Isley Cantina from the from the original film. But, OK, I will say that the only um the only really good thing about the show was there was a 10 minute animated uh short in the middle of it which is where they they introduced Boba Fett for the first time and it's kind of a animated uh cartoon kind of t- telling you what happened to J- to Chewbacca and how he got home or how he got out of his situation and everything but and the the animation was actually pretty good for 70s you know they were they were actually moving their mouths to the words that they were saying and <laughs> it was made by the same animators that ended up make, making that uh Droids cartoon a few years later in the eighties. So, um, and I'll recommend this. I I say, I'll watch it this week, but I actually watched the riff tracks version. So if you, if if you're going to watch the star Wars holiday special, I recommend watching the riff tracks version, which is made by the guys that used to do mystery science theater 3000 so that you can, uh, it's the only way to get through it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, in in one in my notes here, one of the lines I have is "Imperial officers with 1970s mustaches."
0: Yeah, that is. Yeah, they sure are. It. Would, I mean, it is just. It, it George, like what, George Lucas like wants live, to go ahead.
2: Sorry, it feels like a live action parody of Star, like something you'd see on Family Guy or Simpsons, how they do the Star Wars like parody in all the episodes yeah. that they would do. It feels like a long live action version of that
0: george lucas wanted to deny that it ever actually happened but you know they aired it one time he didn't have anything to do with it or so he says you know he 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 gave him permission to make it and then it aired one time he didn't like it so he yanked it and uh he he claims that if he had the power he would go out and find every copy of it in existence and destroy it but but it's out there you can um you can find it (laughs) (laughs)
2: going back to that kind of sex fantasy thing with Chewbacca's father, there was sort of the same thing in THX 113. If you guys remember that scene.
0: Well, it's been so so long since I saw that. I don't,
2: yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Lucas is trying to tell us something here about virtual reality.
0: (laughs) And that's what he wants to do with his virtual reality, I guess. Okay. So, uh, Anthony, go ahead with your, uh, with your next choice.
2: Oh, this show is taking a dark turn. Okay. (laughs) From 1974, I have Black Christmas. So, uh, this was directed by Bob Clark. Um, he later went on to do Porky's, Porky's 2, and uh, A Christmas Story, which may or may not have been talked about on this show so far. Um, it stars Kair Dulia. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. From Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey. Olivia Hussey from Stephen King's It. Uh, And then Margot Kidder, who played Lois Lane in the Superman movies, and uh, a bunch of other unknowns in John Saxton. So this was kind of regarded as being one of the first slasher films after Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Psycho 1960, Chainsaw in 74. Um, And the really interesting thing about it is The Killer, they do a lot of stuff from The Killer's POV. They also cut and they'll do some stuff, you know, where you're... I mean, you might just see a hand or something like that, but you don't really kind of see the killer like you would in like a Friday the 13th movie or something where they have, you know, Jason filling up the whole screen. Uh, And just technically how they did at the time, you know, in 74 kind of interests me a bit. Yeah, Uh, They they did remake this in 2006, and I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I'd rather watch the first one again before I went and saw the remake. Although, I mean, there are some horror remakes that I like, but this isn't that show. Um, the thing that I love about this, though, is because it's set in 74, you get to see all those, like, nice 70s Christmas decorations that just kind of make me feel nostalgic of my childhood.
0: And Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I mean, I love the older look of things, and it's it's a beautiful movie to look at.
0: And I've 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 heard of it before, but I've never. That's one of those that's just kind of if it, it fell off my radar somewhere along the way. I was I don't know. I never really got into horror movies until um, the late '80s when I started to get into my teenage years. So that that being from the early '70s was one that I just never went back and watched. I have I have heard of. It, and I did know that they made a. Re- I didn't know if the remake was a remake or if it was a sequel. So thinking that it was a sequel, I didn't watch it either. You know, because I, I had not seen the first one.
2: I don't but. know, I haven't seen it, but I, I would check it out. It's definitely worth a watch if you like film and you kind of like new innovative techniques and things like that. And uh, I don't really want to spoil it, so, you know, if you're listening, skip ahead 20 seconds. But this is also the movie that first did the whole, you know, we trace the call. It's coming from inside the house sort of thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and there's a whole slew of I I guess that's the first one where they they try to make they want to make horror movies that are Christmas horror movies. You know, I think there's a Silent Night, Deadly Night, and uh, Mm -hmm. Santa. I think there's one called Santa Claus with a C L A W S. You know,
2: there's there's one of a killer uh, snowman. I think it's called Jack Frost.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I've seen that before. It was, but it was so long ago. I don't remember much. But you had to remember Jack Frost.
2: Yeah, I remember that being on like Showtime when I was like eight and watching this and kinda like, What? They threw him an antifreeze, huh? <laughs> and then yeah. the is right now It's uh Krampus, right? I yeah. I wanna Kr- see that. There.
0: Or, or Krampus or I think it's Krampus. Yeah. Krampus, Krampus, right. Yeah. And see there's that a actually, uh,
2: that looks like they have like it has a comedy element to it, but they're not doing that thing I hate where in the trailer, it's like all horror, but then you go actually see the movie and it's like, no, it's a horror comedy
0: yeah. like they're
2: letting you know you know from the get go like yes, this is going to be funny, it's also going to be scary, uh, but I do want to see that. I haven't gotten to see it yet. Uh, I highly doubt I'll get to go see it before Star Wars comes out though, but hey, you know maybe if you there's not going to be many people in Krampus <laughs> if, uh, you know when episode right. seven comes out, so go see that one. Yeah. And then see Star Wars a couple of weeks later.
0: So the, yeah, that's kind of a, it happened. That's kind yeah. of like a German some kind of a German myth or something that there's a there's a demon that Santa hangs out with It's called the Krampus and and Santa Claus brings the presents and Krampus brings the pain, you know? <laughs> so if you've been good all year you get presents. If you're if not, you you may or may not get dragged to hell by the Krampus, you know. <laughs>
2: And this is German you said?
0: I think it's German, I believe so.
2: Shocking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, you want to go with your uh, with your next pick? Um you know what? I'll
1: I'll I'll skip the one I'm going to do. I'll go with my personal favorite of the uh stop motion animated holiday, holiday specials that come on every year like some of the 60s. Uh, year without a Santa Claus. Yeah. Because of, uh, heat miser and cold miser. That is is my absolute favorite of, of, of those. Um, they're just so deliciously campy. It's like, you can tell, like, everybody in the studio, I don't know, I'm, I'm totally making this up, but they just seem like they were not quite drunk, but just, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I had just, just enough Nog to really enjoy the process um it's slander but I have no evidence but you know what year was do. that what year I think it was uh I'm gonna I'm gonna guess 60 definitely in the 60s I want to say like 67
0: yeah I'm thinking late 60 67 68 somewhere around there um 74 wow okay but it was what, seventy four. Seventy four. Wow. Yeah, that's my birth year. Did you did you ever see the live action version that they made in like two thousand four, two thousand five, something like that? Two thousand six. Like Sorry, movie? guys, I'm on IMDb. No, he's fine. What'd you say, John? like a movie. Yeah, they did like a like a movie of the week. It was a TV movie, and it was a year without Santa, and it was the same story. But it was live action and it had John Goodman as Santa Claus. And, um, the, the big scene with the heat miser and the cold miser. Cold miser was played by, forgive me, I can't remember names, but the guy that played Lenny on Laverne and Shirley. And, um, and then the, the heat miser was the little, the raspy voice guy that was in Mrs. Doubtfire that played his brother, you know, the flamboyant guy.
2: Yeah, he was also in a race. Oh, with right. Uh, yeah.
0: So he he played the heat miser, and they just had that one scene where they were trying, kind of throwing stuff back and forth to each other, and then Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus was played by Delta Burke, <laughs> you know. And uh, but it was, I mean, it was it, they just took that same story from that cartoon and they just made it into a TV movie. But it hasn't. It must have not have had very good ratings because they, they have not aired it since. It came oh, on that yeah. one time. And, uh, and, and I haven't seen it since. You can see a couple of the musical numbers you can find on YouTube, but you, I can't find the whole movie. I've looked for it. <laughs> so was it, was it good? Was it okay? What, what I remember of it, like I said, it was 10 years ago that, that I saw it, you know, but what I remember of it, it was okay. It was a kids movie, you know, but, you know, the acting was kind of, you know, it was a, t- it was a TV kids movie, but, I do remember that one scene with the heat miser and the cold miser. And I thought that was pretty cool that you're seeing them as live action characters wearing these costumes and they're having like this war and they're throwing stuff across this Canyon at each other and singing their song and stuff, you know? So,
2: okay. Nice if, uh, that was, that clip was on YouTube or something. So we wouldn't have to watch the whole thing.
0: The, uh, the clip, well, the clip of the, of that song it was on YouTube at one time because I, I saw it. Now it may it may not be there now, but I have
2: to look that up though because that sounds I mean, pretty interesting.
0: If you look if you look up Heat Miser, Cold Miser, or whatever, that should be one of the choices that comes up. But that's all. That's basically all I remember of it is that one number, and I remember that Santa, that John Goodman played Santa Claus and Delta Burt played Mrs. Claus, and then of course there was there was Jingle and Jangle. I don't remember who played them. It was probably some TV comedians from the time or whatever. You know, so
1: yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, the main plot was the subplot of that. It was all about Heat Miser and Cold Miser.
0: Yeah, and you know they the, they the got actual- they got their own se- they got their own sequel uh, a few years ago. It was it was not called The Year Without Santa Claus Two. It was something like uh, a Miser Brothers Christmas or something like that, right? And right. it came on like ABC Family or something, and it was just it was a whole hour long story of the Heat Misers the heat miser and the cold miser having to get together to save Christmas or something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think I saw that. And actually, um, as far as the original, um, for years, um, like I, I didn't know how to find it because I didn't know the actual name of it. Because
0: yeah. I would just look at heat miser and cold <laughs>
1: Yeah. Before <laughs> I realized that wasn't. What the movie was about?
0: Yeah, they only had one, they had like one little, one little scene in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Well, my, uh, my second pick is going to be, I'm going with a little more of a traditional um, film. I picked this A Wonderful Life from 1946. And this movie is kind of divisive because I've found that people either love this movie or they hate this movie <laughs> you know and i think that some of the some of the hatred for it comes from the fact that it used to it used to come on every time you turned your tv right. on at, at christmas time back yeah, in the 80s yeah because during the 80s it was in public domain so every channel could show it as many times as they want and they didn't have to pay anything for it and it was just like a free holiday program for them to be able to show but they renewed the rights a few years ago so it's not It only gets showed a couple of times now, but, um, I like watching, uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff. I I had the DVD and there's some behind the scenes stuff on there. Like the fact that when they filmed it, it was in the middle of a record heat wave. So all the snow is fake. I've always, that scene where he's about to jump off the bridge and it starts snowing. I've always looked at that and it looks like he's getting hit in the face with soap. You know, <laughs> it doesn't look like real snow. And it turns out that's, that's pretty much what it is. It's like soap suds they're blowing at him because it was so hot and they had tried to use, uh, like painted cornflakes or something as the, as the snow, but when they walked around, it crunched so bad that it was messing up their audio and all that. But, you know, at, at the end, um, it's got some really memorable, uh, characters. You know, Jimmy Stewart, I think he gives a good performance, especially towards the end when he's in the middle of seeing what the world would be like if he had never been born, uh, there's a close-up shot where he, he's coming out and the, and you can just see in his eyes that he's, he's descending into madness, you know? And I think, I think he, uh, he gave a really good performance in, in that movie. And, you know, at the end of it, it's just a, it's a feel good story. You know, everything's right with the world. Everybody loves everybody. Life's good, you know? And, um, you know, it's, just, it's one of those that I watch every year. And, uh, a couple of years ago, I actually got to go to, um, here in Birmingham, we have an old theater called the Alabama Theater and it was built in the twenties and it's got all the, you know, the balconies and all the accoutrements and decorations and stuff all over the place, like an old theater would. And we went there and, and, and watched It's a Wonderful Life actually on the, on the big screen. And, and that was a, that was pretty cool. So it's a wonderful life. That's a, that's one that I watch every year. Okay. Okay. So anything you want to do your next, your next choice.
2: All right. So this next one is special to me because it is the last movie I went to see with my grandfather. Um, even though he passed away much many years later. But this one's from 1996. It is Jingle All the Way. Now, <laughs> yet, now, stay with me here. Yes, it can be a stupid kids movie, but if you really just kind of let yourself go and buy into it, it's actually really
0: good. I'm not so, going to hate on that movie. I like that I, movie. <laughs> it was, it was fun. It was okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, usually when I try and tell people about it, you know, I get that look. Yeah. And the look, you know? But uh, based on place. the. Huh? This is a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> so based on the 1980s Cabbage Patch Dolls craze, uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman, Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson, and uh, Jake Lloyd before he was Anakin Skywalker uh it's just a fun movie you know appearances by john belushi the pro wrestler the big show uh, booger curtis armstrong from revenge of the nerds they all have appearances in it too but you know this is one of those ones where when i saw it when i was young i got some of the jokes and then when i saw it as an adult there were more jokes that i didn't pick up on when i was younger and those would all be coming from Phil Hartman's character like he's he's absolutely brilliant in it um there is i mean his his character Ted makes some sexual references and jokes and he's a single dad and you know it's they sort of allude to uh him kind of getting with all the single mothers in the area yeah <laughs> like there's this scene where uh You know, there's a woman that's saying like they're at a sporting event and he's videotaping it and like a woman leans over and says like, oh, you know, Ted, can you help me with my gutters? And he's like, sure, I have the right tool for the job. And he just gives (laughs) that look to the camera and all. And I mean, it's so creepy and all, but so funny at the same time, because as a kid, that totally went over my head. And I I watch it as an adult and I'm like, oh,
0: I think Phil Hartman and Sinbad got together and made a movie a couple years later. Um, I
2: think this was like three years or so before his death. I'm not sure, but this was one of the last things he did. And actually, I just found this out today, but you can buy an actual Turbo Man doll on eBay. Uh, they're probably, like, at the time I'm checking this, you know, ones that are not in the box are around $70. But, like, they have one, like, new in box that's close to 300 Wow. So, if you want a real Turbo Man, because, you know, they're hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, yeah.
0: I worked in a toy store when the Tickle Me Elmo's came out, so I've actually seen... The horror. The, uh, the, the yeah, horror. is crazy, pe- the way people act when there's only one left of something that's, that's big like that. But uh, as far as Jingle All the Way, have you ever seen the sequel?
2: Uh, not yet. I've heard of it. I I was listening to uh, an interview, and Larry the Cable Guy was on the show, and he mentioned it. This was a couple months ago in the summer, so I kind of Christmas movies really weren't on my radar. But uh, as I was browsing through the store, I actually saw the DVD, but I didn't pick it up. But uh, eventually, uh, I I would like to see that just because I like the first one so
0: much. I watched about the first half of it and turned it off. Um, but it's I well, mean, is that yeah? I mean, it's basically it came out on DVD and aired on cable television the same year that it came out. <laughs> you know? So I guess they weren't, they weren't selling as many DVDs as I thought they were. So they just went ahead and just showed it on TV. But basically it's, it's, I don't even know why they, why they call it the sequel to Jingle All The Way. Cause it's not, it doesn't have any of the same characters. It's just another story. And Larry, the cable guy plays this uh, single dad that's trying to get a toy for his uh, daughter that, is like the hot toy for that year and he's.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the same, it's the same basic story, but you know, it's Larry the Cable guy and they call it a sequel. They call it Jingle All the Way Too. Larry the Cable guy actually came out with two sequels that year. He had the, he was in Jingle All the Way Too and he was in the Tooth Fairy Too. Yeah, you know, so. Mm, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't great, but John, you want to do your, uh, your next one?
1: Uh, sure. And um, I will go Lethal Weapon. Good choice. The, uh, the, uh, classic film starring uh, Danny Glover and
0: Mel Gibson. Um, I'm getting kind of too old starring, for this. Huh? I'm getting too old for this. One. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's what I'll say when I watch Jingle All the Way too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: to the man. That's why you won't go to crowded theaters anymore because you're getting too old for this. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it's it's kind of you know it hit hit every note perfectly. It's kind of a perfect action buddy comedy. It it for me defined what a buddy action film was. Like that was the first one I saw. Maybe the probably not the first one ever, but the first one that I saw that I really remembered like it defining that genre for me.
0: Yeah. Um, and plus Gary Busey
2: and, you know, you can't go wrong with a crazy Gary Busey actually like <laughs> getting paid to be crazy. Not just, yeah, like, you office.
0: can just say Gary Busey crazy. You don't have boss. to say crazy Gary Busey, just Gary Busey. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I saw him on dancing with the stars and like, uh, the interviewer just came over to him and was like, so Gary, you know, how was your dance? And like, all of a sudden, he brings up talking about like the Arapaho Indians and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So yeah, Gary Busey will be associated with crazy, you know, just whether he likes it or not. <laughs> I think he likes it. I yeah, I don't.
0: I don't if think he's aware it. of it though. That's just I, him. I think. <laughs> I want to say about 60% of it is an act, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that all of it is an act because I think he does have a touch of crazy. <laughs> but
2: Well, if he shows up on your doorstep on Christmas because he heard this podcast and you know he can track you down.
0: <laughs> this is true. Well, yeah. We love you, was. Gary. We love you, Gary. Big fan. Big fan.
1: <laughs> you look just like Buddy Holly. <laughs> you know there? All right.
2: Sorry, Sean. What, was it? <laughs> no, no. what was that a reference to? Um, He played Buddy Holly in the Buddy Holly
1: movie. Yeah, he did. Mm. And the Weezer song.
0: He also played... Didn't he play Bear Bryant in a movie about Bear Bryant? If anybody oh. listened to this. Yeah, I think he did. He made a movie back in the 80s, or maybe in the 90s, about uh, Bear Bryant that... I haven't seen because <laughs> I'm not a huge I'm not a huge sports guy. I know who Bert Bryant is, but you know. Okay. Well, my my next pick yeah, this
1: is might not uh, this might not be good. This might not be the podcast for the sports guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, if anyone who uh if anyone pays attention to sports, you
2: know, uh, feel free to <laughs> leave us in the comment section and and uh yeah, If you made it this far, <laughs>
0: But uh my next pick is going to be the um the Doctor Who Christmas special um actually I mean all of them really because what it's a kind of a tradition with me every year after I get done with uh doing all the Christmas stuff that you do you know presents food and all that kind of stuff that night I always pop some popcorn and put a log on the fireplace I'm in Alabama. If it's cold enough, I put a fire in the fireplace, you know, and like right now it's like 75 degrees, but, um, and then I watched the doctor who Christmas special and I don't, I don't think that they did a Christmas special before doctor who came back in Oh five. I don't think they did like an every, every year they did a uh, special episode on Christmas day, but ever since the show came back or ever since David Tennant, um, on Christmas day, they have a special episode and sometimes it has a whole lot to do with Christmas. And sometimes it just kind of takes place at Christmas, you know, but the one, my favorite one, which is the one I wanted to talk about tonight was called a Christmas Carol. And it came on. Oh, is it on your list too? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it, is, it is my favorite of those specials. It came on in 2010 and it was the 11th doctor. So it was Matt Smith. And I just watched it this morning, actually. And um, basically, the story is that uh Amy and Rory are on a ship that is crashing. I mean, like actively it's going down, but it's kind of caught in this weird cloud around this planet. And the doctor is trying to save them. And he goes to this rich old man that lives on this planet. And the, the planet is kind of like it looks like 19th century London, except that there's there's fish that swim around in the air, you know, like in the fog and stuff. And there's even a shark at one point that comes through the through the fog and stuff. But uh, this old man is kind of like an Ebenezer Scrooge type character, and he doesn't want to help the doctor, even though he he owns the machines that are creating the cloud. And if he can get him to help him, then he can get the ship to land safely instead of crashing. But he doesn't want to help him, so the doctor kind of uses the, the TARDIS to go back in time and. And, uh, and do a whole Christmas Carol thing with him where he's like the ghost of Christmas past. And so that's, it's one of my favorite 10th doc, I mean, uh, 11th doctor episodes altogether, but it's my absolute favorite, uh, Christmas episode. And John, it was on your list too. So I'll let you say what you want to say about it too. No,
1: yeah, it, it, it is on my list. I, I, um, it is my favorite of those specials. I, you know, everybody does their version of a Christmas Carol and, like you can tell, at, like at the beginning of the movie, when you know you see the crisis, the, the problem of the crashing ship, and you know the doctor goes down to figure out how to save them,
0: but
1: um, um, like you know there's a half dozen ways he could solve the problem. Yeah, but if he like he gets the idea in his head that he wants to do a Christmas Carol, and he just gets so in love with it. It's like, oh yeah, I get to do this. So I think part of it is that. He's just having so much fun. Like, like yeah, there's life and death, sort of, but you kind of don't really feel like they're really in any danger because, like, you know, the Doctor Good... basically um, there's a security system that um, he they need the Ebenezer Scrooge guys to to circumvent, yeah, and he's like the only one who can do it. But it's just, of course the Doctor could hack it if he wanted to, it. but it's better to teach him the the value of Christmas and caring of others. Yeah. It's it was it's it's really enjoyable. Like it's it's just really makes you feel good. And I love like my favorite scene. Um, if you haven't if you don't know the story of a Christmas carol, there's spoiler alert. But uh <laughs> <laughs> you're not down with your eighteenth century literature. Um <laughs> but he's he's trying to convince um, and I I, I, I did write down the, the character's name.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to call him Scrooge. Just call him Scrooge.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Michael Gambon, who, um, uh, uh, aka Gandalf. I mean, I mean uh, um, Dumbledore. Sorry. sorry uh, anyway, um, he's trying to convince me that he's talking to the older version of him, and he's you know, giving him all these reasons that he should do it, and uh, you know, in typical Scrooge fashion, he's like, "No, i no, I don't want to. Like, what's in it for me?" Yeah, and he was like, uh, "And he's like, if you have all this power, you know, why, why am I the way I am now? Why didn't you, why do not you take the young me and, and show me this old guy, and you know, change him in?" And he's like, "I am." I'm showing them to you right now. And you look over in the corner and it's the young version of him. Cause I'm in the target to see the old version of him blew my mind. Yeah. Love that scene. Awesome scene. That, that scene alone would probably make it my favorite.
0: Yeah. And he even, he, so he, he even is, has he the really, line. Yeah. He even has a line in there where it says, you know, as we're doing this, your memories are going to change as well, you know? <laughs> so, nice. you know, we're going to get through it's, this. It's,
1: it really, like, you don't really do... There aren't that many episodes that he really plays with the whole time travel thing. Like, normally they go to a time, and they're in that time, or they go to a place, and they're in that place. Yeah. But uh, this this one was a really good example of like, the full capabilities of what it means to time travel. And just like, Instantly change history and change memories and change facts. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, the oh uh, butterfly effect thing. But, wibbly yeah. wobbly, wibbly wobbly, yeah. timey That's I mean. wimey, <laughs> yeah, stuff. That's funny. Ball of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that it was on my list. Now. Anthony, are you a Doctor Who fan?
2: Actually, no, but. It's not because I've seen it and don't like it. I honestly really just haven't seen it. So, um, you know, if you guys want to give me a list of, like, five to ten episodes, I'd happily watch it and let you know what I think. Um, But, no, haven't... I mean, maybe it's a thing where there's just so much I have no idea where to start. But, yeah, not not really into the Dr. Hill.
0: I don't really... There's not really a starting point, in my opinion. I mean, you... (laughs) You have to, I mean, um, I would just pick, pick a doctor and just start with that doctor, you know, just start with their, with their first episode. Uh, but I could stream on Netflix. I would, yeah, I would, I mean, yeah. if, if, if you've never watched it before, obviously there's some classic episodes and I can recommend some episodes. Um, but if you've never seen it before, I would just, start with uh see, season 8 and just just start watching from that from Peter Capaldi's first uh, first uh, appearance. Well, I mean just because oh. if it's so, I, like I said there's episodes I can recommend that you go back and watch.
2: Well, I would but... even watch some of the older ones. Um it's just something I've never gotten into. I did hear a joke once about how uh being a prop guy on those old 70s sci-fi shows was the easiest job because whatever you have, you just take it and spray paint it silver. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, When when David Tennant left, which David Tennant was the 10th Doctor, when he left, uh, the main showrunner of the show left as well. So basically when the 11th Doctor steps in, it's kind of a soft reboot. There's not a lot of stuff that carries over would you agree with that, John? It kind of he kind of starts I'll, fresh. I'll
1: yeah, he, true, he, he gets a, he gets a new that.
0: companion. Uh, he's a totally different doctor. You know, he he acts completely different. But so I would say if 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 you want to jump in and just start watching the show, you could go to Netflix and just start with season. David Tennant was two, three, four, so it'd be season five on. Okay, so, now so, what
2: if it Netflix really wasn't an option and I would like anything of doctor who would that expand the choices a little bit like to go back earlier stuff that's not available on netflix or would that be a good starting
0: point i, I think everything up um, until this season as far as the stuff that started in when doctor who came back in 2005 i think all that stuff is on netflix there's some classic I ones think, on there I too, but. It,
1: too. And, and Hulu, Hulu has a lot of
0: it too. Yeah. Okay. You're not, you're not going to find on Netflix. You're not going to find a lot of the previous, you're not going to find all the episodes of the previous Doctors, but they do kind of have highlights. You know, yeah, they like have the, some of their, their some of their more famous episodes I or whatever, think. which back then they didn't, it wasn't necessarily episode, episode, episode. They had arcs. So they would do three or four episodes that would be an arc and that, that one arc will have a title. You know, so you'll you'll watch this, right. you'll watch this title, and it'll actually be like four episodes of the show. You know.
2: Yeah, I, I keep hearing about this whole weeping angel thing, and I have no idea what anybody's talking about.
0: <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that, that's from if, the the new If you, if new you are going to watch a
2: standalone episode, uh, I mean, I'll watch like, I'll watch a bulk of them, like you know, a couple of them. I, I'll give it a fair shot, and, like you know, give it ten episodes or so. I don't just want to watch one and kind of put it down if I don't like it.
1: Right. Well, I'm, I'm saying it, it kind of like the way that I did it because I didn't watch, you know, I was kind of a fan of like the old Doctor Who and um, I saw a few episodes when it came back with. Um, Eccleston. Like, I'm sorry, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, with, with Eccleston. Um, and it was you know, it was OK, but it would some of them were kind of too silly for me. And so I, I quit watching for probably I don't know, a year and a half, I guess. And then they all showed up on Netflix and, um, I was seeing, I was seeing new episodes that looked good. So then I kind of went back to catch up. So like, if you, the way that I did it, um, I, 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 kind of, I streamed them in order. I, I mean, I didn't like, I didn't binge him. I didn't marathon. Like just kind of as I had time, and if it looked dumb, I would just skip that one. Like <laughs> I mean, there's, there's there's plenty. You don't have to watch them all. Yeah. Um. You'll you'll pretty much know the premise of every episode probably within the first five to ten minutes. And if it looks like it's worth it, keep watching. Hang on. And if it looks stupid, just skip it. Um. And, and go to the next one. But yeah, the the episode the the. The episode that introduces the Weeping Angel is called Blink. And the Doctor himself is actually barely in
0: it. Yeah, I was about to say, that's, it's it weird is, that that episode is. is one of the most famous ones when he's he's only in, like, maybe three scenes of the entire show. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
2: I think it's because I saw Think Geek Cells, because I was checking their website recently because of Christmas and all, there was, like, a, a statue, and then there was some sort of Christmas lights with this angel, and, you know, there was just... They were doing this angel all kinds of different ways.
1: Yeah they've, yeah. they've done several episodes with them since. Um, but yeah, like, you see the first episode, see that episode, see Blink, and you will never see those statues the same way again. Like, and it's, it's, it's one of those brilliant uses of, a low budget, where like they, I don't think there's any special effects at all in it, maybe. I mean, yeah, you know, the TARDIS appears and disappears, that doesn't really count, but like it's, it's, <laughs> they don't have to pay for monster makeup, they don't like it. It was really smart the way they did it, it was really effective writing to craft this story in such a way that worked with, you know, these things that are just standing there that you see every day, but are now
2: terrifying Uh, yeah that sounds pretty interesting
0: yeah and i'll I'll warn you if you if if you're jumping into doctor who you're gonna pay more attention to the story than you do the production values because some of the (laughs) some of the aliens and some of the monsters look absolutely ridiculous but the the writing is so smart you know that you kind of look over some of that stuff you know Especially if you go back and watch any of the classic episodes, because the, the the show is produced by the BBC, which is owned by basically the government, so they're government funded, so they get a limited budget. Now, as the show goes on, the production values get better because they started selling so much merchandise in the United States that they were able to use a lot of that money towards making better shows. you know so so you go back and watch it now. The production values are a lot better than they were when Christopher Eccleston was on it, you know, ten years ago. But okay, let's move on. Anthony, I'll let you go and do your next uh, your next pick. I guess this will be this will be number I, this, four, I believe. Yeah.
2: Okay, so this one's a documentary uh, to, from 2011 called Becoming Santa. Uh, it's about this guy jack sanderson and he has some family issues and basically he decides one year that he wants to be santa and i believe he lives somewhere warm like california or los angeles uh, it is los angeles i believe uh he lives somewhere warm and you know he goes to this hairdresser and they dye his beard and then he goes and he gets custom fitted for a santa suit and he goes to Santa school, like an acting school, and they teach them about okay. Well, here's how you handle the bratty kids. Here's how you answer these questions. You know, here's what you want to do for pictures and all that kind of stuff. Basically, kind of like a boot camp for those mall Santas. Only, you know, I mean, they actually yeah. went. Like, because you know, I've seen a lot of Santas where it's kind of like, yeah, hey, they just got a homeless guy and put a coat on him. <laughs> but they go into a lot of the origins of everything. There were some stuff that goes back to about how Christmas cards started and some things that even went back to the Civil War, which I found very interesting. Uh, but it is just a very heartwarming documentary. And, uh, you know, got, got a little dusty in the house, had a little something in my eye as I was <laughs> watching it. But, you know, it's, it's a very sweet documentary, and I would recommend it to anyone. It's uh, Becoming Santa. Okay. And actually, the guy, because he did such a good job of it, I actually think, like, he made it his job for a while. Like, I think I read somewhere that he was touring Japan as Santa. <laughs> and, you know, they interview all these guys that say they it's their job, and it's their job 24-7, 365, because in the middle of August... You know, they'll be at the hardware store, and these are guys that are wearing like all red with a little bit of white or something like that. And uh, you know, the kids they'll look, and then they'll do that. They'll look back and they'll just give them a wink, and you know, they're like running to their mom like it's Santa. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's a very sweet one, especially if you have kids. Definitely give it a watch.
0: Okay, I think I've heard of it. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was streaming on Netflix, and that's actually how I found it. Uh, I checked today, and it is not streaming, but I think, you know, if you want to buy the DVD, it's probably under 11 or $12, but definitely worth it.
0: Okay. All right. John, next pick. Um, well,
1: I'll continue in that vein of uh, no sci-fi action um, elements. This one is called... Um, I think this movie is like from 94, um, Home for the Holidays.
0: Okay. Yeah, I remember
1: uh, that. From, uh, starring Holly Hunter. It's actually, it was
0: actually a pretty
1: star-studded cast. But I actually saw this, surprisingly, I saw this movie in the theater. I'm sure I was on a date. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it was, it was really sweet. It was, it was, um, it was a nice, Comedy drama about a woman who goes. I mean, it's 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 not complicated. She just she goes home. She's to uh, be with her family over the holidays, and it's kind of about the interaction between um, her and various family members that um, you know most members of the family can relate to. Um, it, It was it was. The ending was um, surprisingly uplifting, I guess. For it to have been such a simple story, it was, um, I don't know, I I was really connected to it. I I really liked um, the message at the end. Not especially Christmassy, but just, um, I mean, it, it is a Christmas movie, but the message itself was kind of slight, you know,
0: for for everyday life. Was that the one that... Wasn't Claire Danes in that movie as well? Am I thinking of the same movie? Maybe. Okay, yeah, I think that was one of the first... I think that was one of her first films after after she did... I think you're right. Because she did My So-Called Life, and then I think that was her first film after, after doing that. If I'm thinking of the same movie, I think, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my next pick is the Saturday Night Live Christmas specials and and I say that because it's not it's not the same every year they always it's always a little different sometimes they do like a wraparound uh, story uh, a bunch of skits that kind of wraps it up into one thing and then sometimes it's just like a presentation thing they have hey here's a skit with this guy you know but basically they're showing the same skits Every year, you know, it's your their classic, their classic Christmas skits. Uh, the show's been around for 40 years, so they've got a lot of stuff to pick from. But every year they have a two hour uh, primetime special shows a lot of their skits. They go all the way back to the old days with Dan Aykroyd trying to sell a big bag of glass as a toy to give your kids at Christmas. And, and you got the Chris Farley as uh, Matt Foley working at uh, working as a Santa Claus in a, in a shopping mall. And of course, my favorite uh, Alec Baldwin inviting everybody to try sweaty balls, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's a, you He's know, sweating. yeah, I was I was a big I was a huge fan of SNL when I was in high school. I don't watch it as much now, but I I'll, if I if I'm home on Saturday night, I'll watch it. I, I watched it last night. Last night was not great. Chris Hemsworth and basically they just rehashed all the skits that he was on and that he was in last time he was on the show. But it's not it's not appointment TV for me anymore, but the holiday special is a uh, tradition because it brings back all those old skits. There's, there's one that's, um, you guys remember in the, uh, peanuts Christmas special that, um, there's a scene towards the end where Charlie Brown has bought that crappy looking Christmas tree and the kids just kind of go up and wave their hands in front of it. And it turns into a beautiful tree, (laughs) you know? And, uh, (laughs) they, they did a, uh, Uh, A while back, they did a Christmas thing on uh, Saturday Night Live where it was the uh, Robert Smigel. You know, he did, he used to do these cartoons all the time for TV Funhouse on Saturday Night Live. And they basically reshot that whole sequence. And the kids go up and they wave their hands in front of the tree and it turns into this beautiful tree. And then one of the kids says, what did we just do? All I did was wave my hands in front of it. (laughs) So they realize they've got the superpower and they start going and waving their hands in front of things and it becomes better. (laughs) They wave their hands in front of Charlie Brown and all of a sudden he has hair (laughs) and they wave their hands in front of some homeless bag lady and she turns into Christina Aguilera, (laughs) stuff like that. So, so yeah, every year the, uh, the Christmas special Saturday night live, I, I try to at least record it. And if I don't watch it when it's actually on, I record it and watch it sometime sometime around Christmas.
2: Very good. Yeah, I remember there being one with Colin Quinn about, uh, you know, he was the dad and he was trying to get the kids to go to midnight mass, uh, Catholic mass, and like none of them wanted to go. And it was sort of like a New York family kind of like, uh, you know, telling his kids they better go to midnight mass. I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube actually, but uh, that's one of the ones that kind of sticks out in my mind uh, besides the sweaty balls one.
0: That that one's just and John, have you ever seen that sweaty balls uh skit? I'm familiar with the sweaty balls. Yeah. Okay. That is, that is the. I mean, when that comes on every year, I tell everybody, "You guys, be quiet, be quiet." I'm watching this. You know? And I just sit there and I die laughing every single time, especially when he says, "My balls are here for your pleasure." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anthony, you want to move on? We'll do your, uh, do well, your we, your fifth and final, and then we'll do like a uh, honorable mention.
2: Well, we actually kind of covered my fifth because it was the Star Wars holiday special, but okay. I do have some honorable mentions. If you want me to go through those now, or yeah, go,
0: go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead.
2: You just want me to throw them all out?
0: Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. you can throw them out and say a little something about them. All right. Yeah.
2: Uh, Scrooged. Just because, you know, it's the classic Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Carol story. Uh, jumping onto that one, I have The Muppets Christmas Carol. Same story, only, you know, a little more PG with puppets. Uh, we have White Christmas. And that is the one with the line that, uh, came from Christmas Vacation about, you know, tap dancing with Danny freaking K. Yeah. So it was kind of funny, actually, because I saw it a lot when I was a lot older and I was like, oh, that's where it's from. So it actually (laughs) made me appreciate it that much more. Uh, I also have Gremlins, Die Hard and, of course, Christmas Vacation. Okay. So, you know, kind of the usual suspects, if you will.
0: Yeah, I've got most of those are on my are on my uh, honorable mention list, too. So, okay, John, go ahead with your next pick.
1: Um,
0: he pretty much covered him, Scrooge.
1: I only had a couple more. Scrooge on the honorable mention list. Um, I think I actually saw that in the theater too. I did. I saw. I saw it in the theater maybe a couple times actually. And um, the the perennial classic, A Christmas Story.
0: Oh yeah. Um,
1: Already mentioned on the show, but. Know. You know, or, a Christmas story.
0: A Christmas story is, for me, it's it's kind of weird because I was I was watching that movie before it was the big go-to Christmas movie that it is now. Right. You know, when I when it was, I started we, watching, we, when I was we like,
1: discovered that like we it was one of those movies. Yeah, I think we saw it on cable and uh, the HBO maybe, and like we were, it was one of those movies. Came in the middle of it, and
0: we're like, what is this? yeah yeah my dad had bor- had actually that. borrowed it from somebody somebody that he worked with brought him a copy of it, and let him borrow it and he brought it home and we watched it and um it's weird because at the time, okay, so a christmas story came out in eighty three and um at the but it's time set, it's set in like fifty six or something no, right? it's set, it's set in the forties it's it's okay, in the forties because it's it's still back when everybody was listening to little Orphan Annie on the radio and all that kind of stuff.
2: Drink so, tea.
0: yeah. So, uh, but at the time in '83, this is at the time that I was talking about before when "It's a Wonderful Life" was way over circulated on TV. It was being shown fifty times a year on different stations, and um, and so when they bought up the when they bought when they renewed the rights to "It's a Wonderful Life" and they stopped showing it so much, they needed another movie to fill in that gap, and that's where "Christmas Story" kind of started getting uh, getting run a lot. Yeah, the, I remember in the late eighties and nineties, and now they don't run it as much now because I think TNT or T B S has the rights to it and they show it on Christmas Eve for twenty four straight yeah, hours. You know? Yeah, but that's hours. what I was
2: gonna say. I yeah. remember watching it on TNT like, you know, they would have it on a loop just the whole entire day. Yeah. And uh that's how I first saw it actually.
0: And they had okay, so it's based on a um I'll go ahead and talk about it because it was on my list too, but it was, uh, it's based on some short stories that Gene Shepard wrote back way back in the, in the day, but he was a radio personality back in the 60s, 70s, something like that. And he wrote a lot of stories about his childhood. And that was, that was one of his story, or that was actually a book of short stories that they turned into that movie. Um, he also wrote some stories that, uh, they made other movies about that same family, but in all the movies, all the, the family is all played by different people. They made one called, um, my summer story that was at Charles yeah. Roden played the dad or played the old man. And, uh, yeah. I can't remember who played the kid. Mary and played the, the mom and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the same. It wasn't as good, but you know, it's the same guy writing these stories. So it was pretty good too. And then they had another one called Ollie hop noodles, Haven of bliss. They came on in the, in the night. 90s, I think Jerry O'Connell played Ralphie and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he was still a kid. This was like not long after stand by me. And, um, let's see, uh, James Sicking that used to play on uh, Hill street blues was the old man. And then just a couple of years ago, they came out with a Christmas story too. Did either one of you guys ever see that? No, I don't recommend it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i think I think we're seeing a theme develop
0: here, yeah, let me tell you, okay here's here's a good rule of thumb if there is and i think I think Rick said the same thing last time he was on the show, but if there's a film that came out twenty thirty years ago and they come out with a sequel and none of the original cast is in it then and it's straight to video, then it's a good bet that it's not gonna be any good, but Daniel Stern was in it as the old man. And, um, I can't remember, I can't I remember who, that. yeah, I can't remember who else was in it, but it was, they tried to hit all the same, all the same marks from the original. But then this one, Ralphie is 16 and he's getting his first car, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it had a couple of moments that were all right, but I was sitting there watching I was like, this. Is not nearly as good as a Christmas story. If I were to wa- want to watch something that was like a Christmas story, go back last week and watch. The episode of the Goldbergs where they watch, where they did, uh, they kind of did their version of a Christmas story. It was pretty good. (laughs) But, um, John, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, no, that was, was those
1: were my honorable
0: mentions. Oh, okay. I've got a couple I'll name off here. I mean, I, I, I said a little bit about Batman returns. Um, strange and very squeamish version of the penguin and some scenes and dialogue that were very suggestive for a movie that they had to know was going to be attract uh, going to be attracting kids, you know, but it's still better than anything that Schumacher did afterwards. Yeah. But, uh, okay. And then, uh, I also had gremlins and die hard, um, uh, Christmas vacation, Scrooge bad Santa is one that was on my list. Um, it's, that
2: one, I didn't put it on my list because of the whole explicit tag for the show.
0: Well, but, I think, hey, I'm not going to quote it. I'm not going to quote <laughs> it, so. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty filthy. It's one of the, I don't well, know of a whole lot of R-rated Christmas movies. Yeah. I don't know of a whole lot of R-rated Christmas comedies that have been coming out, but I, the, you know, they're coming out with a sequel next year. Billy Bob Thornton's coming out, coming back and doing, uh, Bad Santa too. And then um also I had I had elf on my list but that's pretty standard I think everybody knows elf uh the Santa Claus 2 was on my list because I think that's the best one out of that trilogy um three those yeah there's three of them well four of them if you count Christmas with the cranks <laughs> I don't know why Tim Allen all of a sudden wanted to be the be mr. Christmas for a while but <laughs> it's like the only jobs he could get were Christmas movies for a while after he did Uh, Home Improvement. Now he's on uh, Last Man Standing, so I don't guess he's going to make any Christmas movies for a while.
2: Did you see Christmas with the Cranks?
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I I actually read the book. Uh, It was based on a John Grisham novel called Skipping Christmas that came out uh, a couple years before that movie. And When I I heard that the movie was coming out, I didn't realize that it was based on that book until um, I read an article about it, and it said, based on the book Skipping Christmas. You know, so... The book is actually pretty good. It's not a very long read. But, yeah.
2: One other mention I have that we didn't bring up in the episode is Trading Places.
0: Right. Yeah, and I forget that that's a Christmas movie sometimes.
2: Well, it kind of like... I think it starts around Thanksgiving or maybe around that time, and it kind of leads up to Christmas. And I don't know. I'll have to look at the timeline on it, but it's very good. You know, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. Just in that sweet spot where they were really good. Yeah. And Finn. (laughs) Uh,
0: One other that I want to mention. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. But in 1987, they had a special on TV called A Claymation Christmas Celebration. I don't know if you guys remember that. But uh, when I was a kid, I was fascinated by Claymation. You know, stop motion animation, that kind of stuff. But uh, this was... A 30 minute show where they did a bunch of little segments, musical segments, and they were all like Christmas carols and stuff. And they did different artists, did different, different kinds of claymation for each one. Like they had one section that was the California Raisins singing uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And then they had another section that was uh, uh, We Three Kings and had the three kings singing. Uh, part of the song and then when they would get to the chorus there were these three camels wearing tennis shoes and they would start doing like a jazzed up version of the chorus and everything and uh the one that stands out in my mind and you can find this on youtube i, I, I saw it not too long ago but they did carol of the bells and the way they did it was quasimodo was like conducting a chorus of bells and all these bells had faces and they had little arms on them and they all had a hammer in their hand and when it would get to their note they would hit themselves with the hammer right Hmm. so there was one there's one bell that is a stupid bell (laughs) and uh every time it gets to be his turn to make his note he would screw up and he would and he would mess the whole song up and then uh at the end of it he did something with his hammer and it fell and he it was getting closer and closer to his last note and he didn't have his hammer and Quasimodo was kind of growling at him. And then finally at the end of it, Quasimodo shoots him with a slingshot and (laughs) and does, and does the note for him. But that's, uh, it's kind of wrapped around with, uh, the, they had these two dinosaurs that were supposed to be like Siskel and Ebert. And they were telling the history of what, where these Christmas carols came from. And they showed it on the same night that they did the, uh, garfield christmas special so it was kind of like a garf garfield came on first and then this came on afterwards but yeah but it's a uh, it's pretty if you good
2: find that if you can find that anywhere online let me know i would definitely like to see that
0: like i said the the show the actual uh, special i haven't seen but all the little segments all the little musical segments they're all divided up and you can find them on youtube so i'll see if i can uh Find some of those, and I'll post them on the uh, website when I when I put this episode up. So that actually reminds me, um, i going to add
1: um, the Christmas special episode of Community. Um, <laughs> the, the now probably canceled, possibly not. Um, Bizarro become meta self-aware sitcom. Um, and, um, for those of you who don't know, one of the characters, Abed, <clears throat> I don't know if you would say realizes he's on a show or in the context of a show, just believes he's on a show. But basically he is, he is, he is so familiar with TV tropes and movie mm-hmm. themes that he sees everything, including his life, um, as, Episodes on a TV show, which of course, in this case, is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, during the Christmas special, um, it, it goes all culmination. And oh
0: yeah, I have, which, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the rest of the
1: cast is like, okay, he's had a mental break. <laughs> <laughs> we have got, got to talk him back from it. Um, so it's, it's really, it's in, in the, in the way that community does best when, when it's really working. Um, it is, it is very sweet and very disturbing and, um, very funny all at the same time.
0: They did an episode of, um, home improvement. They did a Christmas episode where, uh, the same kind of thing happens. Uh, Tim Allen's character is sitting on the sofa watching, uh, one of the old sixties rankin' bass specials like Rudolph or you know, one of the ones that uses the stop motion wooden characters and uh and he falls asleep and he has a dream and in his dream everybody's made of wood. <laughs> there are all these wooden characters and then he goes uh he goes to do his show. So he's standing on the set of his show but he's this wooden cartoon character, you know, and the set is all uh animated and then Al comes walking up next to him and Al's a snowman. <laughs> you know? Very so, glad. Yeah, that was one that, that that's one that uh that I remember. I, I haven't seen it since it aired. I t- I tried to find it a while back and I could never find the uh find the clip. But
2: I, I know we're running a little long, but could I get your opinion on something? Sure. So I wanted as a video editor and somebody that does production, uh I had the idea to take national lampoon christmas vacation and to kind of make like a retro tv mix of it and to kind of intercut some of the commercials we would have seen watching it on broadcast like think about like that old maxwell house coffee or folder whatever it was with like the the guy coming home from the peace corps and like you know all the hershey stuff and all those classic commercials now, I mean, I've talked to some of my friends and they're like, you know, oh, don't how dare you touch art. Don't the, you don't you disturb it. And I'm like, it's National Lampoon. This isn't exactly high art. But <laughs> but I just thought, you know, I had that idea to kind of do like a TV retro kind of remix on something like that. And I mean, you could take like White Christmas or uh, Miracle on 34th Street and kind of like do commercials from the 40s and 50s in there, too.
0: I'd probably watch it. I'm I mean I I but so, I like going I like going on YouTube and watching old retro commercials myself anyway sometimes, you know.
2: So like, a, you know, if a video editor wanted to do this and give it to you as a Christmas gift maybe next year, that'd be a good idea.
0: Sure. I'll take that. Uh it was funny because when I watched this Rift Tracks version of the Star Wars holiday special, um it was taped straight from television cuz they never released it on dvd <laughs> you know yeah i
2: think so, mine's from georgia
0: yeah this one was from baltimore i think and it had all Ooh. the commercials left in it and then of course the rift tracks guys were doing their doing their thing over the commercials as well so it was it was pretty funny i just you know and back then they would go to a commercial and they would stay at the commercial for like ever and they would come back and everyone the star wars holiday special we will be back <laughs> you know you said Ooh. that a minute ago, and <laughs> yeah, know, I mean,
2: but. I'm about 45 minutes away from Baltimore, and I'd love to see that.
0: Oh, okay, well, uh, I'll try and send you a link to to where I got it from. Thank you. you uh, I know the. That? I think the rift. I mean, you can probably download it straight from the Rift Track site. I think it's like four or five dollars, something like that. It's not much, and they nice and they've got stuff. yeah, they've got the uh, they've got the video. Usually on some of those Rift Tracks things, you have to you have to download the audio and then just find the video on your own. But with this right. one, this one, they ju- they went ahead and put it together for you, you know, so. So, okay. Well, I guess that's uh pretty much all we've got. We're not going to do our assignments because our assignments were not Christmas related. So we're just going to wait and pick that. We're going to pick all that back up in January. This is, cause this is going to be our big year ender for the year. And, uh, we're going to come back in January, and we'll be uh, talking pretty heavy about Star Wars and that, in that, especially that first, that first show of the year that we do. And that show, and I'm going to tell everybody when you come back and you listen to our Star Wars episode, I recommend that you watch the movie first because we're just going to do the show as a bunch of guys that have seen the movie, and we're just talking about the movie. I'm not going to worry about spoiling it. I'm not going to go on Facebook and spoil it for people that haven't seen it. But if you come and listen to our show, just be warned. You need to watch the movie first, (laughs) you know, because it's going to be hard to sit and talk to that talk about that show as a bunch of Star Wars fans and not spoil something, you know. Very good. But um, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Cosmic Potato, our uh, big Christmas extravaganza. And I want to thank our guest, Anthony. Thanks for being here with us.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, so if you want to give me a recommendation for a film, my email is anthony at amfilms.com. And I will get around to it eventually, and uh, thank you in advance.
0: Okay. And of course, you can, uh, you can contact me at uh, SeanRay at CosmicPotato.com. You can contact John at John Irons at CosmicPotato.com. John, thanks for being here tonight. You're very welcome.
1: Hey. Hey. Yes? Shout out to A Crazy night.
0: Yeah, my, created, uh, that is, yeah, that's a good one. My, my children brothers and sisters.
2: <laughs> well, like, we could also say the Hebrew Hammer then, but, you
0: know. And the uh, Saturday Night Live uh, animated uh, short Christmas with the Jews.
2: The We could say the Rugrats um, holiday Hanukkah special that they did. Oh, yeah, that
1: was really good, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Rugrats,
1: Nice.
0: All right. So um, until next time, everybody, have a happy Hanukkah, happy life day, (laughs) whatever you celebrate. Yeah. Happy Kwanzaa. uh, Merry Christmas. And we will see you in the future.